welcome back to Do With Us, a series of the Forever Young podcast. We release episodes on the first of every month. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Charlene and I'm joined by Tom. Hello. <laughs> that's my that's my usual line. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it is. It is. I was like, kind of missed it. So I wanted to bring it back just so oh, we can have a full circle. Nice. So what are we doing today? What? book is called Curing Fibromyalgia Naturally with Chinese Medicine by Bob Flores. Yeah, sort yeah. of book is pretty much exactly like what the title says. <laughs> its sole focus is just sort of looking at fibromyalgia from a Chinese medicine perspective and telling us how to treat it. Hmm. And we've read a book kind of similar style to this previously the um ibs episode i think is another series of this like book collection i guess so that was pretty interesting so we figured we'd try a different topic this time yeah i think it's really interesting about this topic in particular because western medicine has a hard time approaching fibromyalgia from Mm. their case so i think it's good to sort of see it from how sort of Chinese medicine can observe and treat fibromyalgia from this sort of side. Yeah. And it also kind of follows with, I know it was a little while ago, but like the previous episodes of like the musculoskeletal that we've done and then also explaining pain. So it's just kind of like following on from like the theory to the like a little bit more understanding your pain and now looking at a condition that you can treat using Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, what is fibromyalgia? What is the definition of it? Oh, that's me. I will say this. Uh, Fibromyalgia is sort of like a widespread sort of muscular pain or stiffness in the body. Um, This sort of stuff can range from different person to person. So normally everyone who's suffering from this sort of condition suffers body aches around the body fatigue muscular stiffness then they sort of separate it into more specific categories some people might have headaches numbness um, some mental conditions they might have their sleep affected um, depression anxiety that sort of stuff and then it sort of narrows it down to even more sort of like sometimes they might get heart palpitations they might feel feverish IBS, and some might even get like night sweats or specific muscular problems. So like TMJ, for for instance, or lower back Mm. pain more specifically, they might get sort of more specific areas that are targeted more often than other parts. Mm. So it it really differs from patient to patient. And I think, yeah. And I think another thing is it's, like multiple areas of pain that, and you mentioned it before, that can keep moving. So maybe it's not constant pain just in one area. And it's also kind of hard to diagnose from Western medicine. So it's kind of doesn't really, it's pain that doesn't really fall into any of the other categories of um, pain. Yeah, of pain. Yeah, and it's, the, from the Western medicine side, it's not really due to like the tissue damage like we talked about in the last book. Mm. It's not even like psychomatic 
or psychiatric sort of disorder mm. it's sort of just like a huge question mark on like why are the body is getting this sort of pain response even though the mm. tissue and the mental aspects aren't causing it or not that they've recorded mm. through like uh, i don't know scannings or like hormone yeah. sort of looking at hormones and stuff there's nothing sort mm. of causing it that they can sort of see from that side yeah so cool. who who does it affects primarily uh so this one primarily sort of affects women around 30 to 50 years of age i think it's mm. more from a chinese medicine sort of yin blood aspect you can see it later on when we go into the deep dive that's how it affects those sort of patients and that's why you i'm assuming sort of why this affects women in those age ranges mm. more than it does yeah. other people mm. but that's also not to say that it doesn't affect like people outside of that age range as well because in when we we're in student clinic i also had a teenager that came in that had fibromyalgia so yeah i, I mean it can affect anyone really yeah <laughs> but and- more more common in women of yeah. those ages yeah that they see the most cases i think mm. um constitution and external environment also plays a big factor of like yeah. patients who develop this sort of condition over time or you know are just sort of mm. born with it like young people yeah. like you were talking about which really sucks mm. so that being said do you did you enjoy reading this book how did you find it personally it- was very simple to read and understand so I even if you have like zero Chinese medicine knowledge um, it's really simple to understand and read it defines all the like complicated not complicated but all the Chinese medicine terms that we we've learned or explained previously um, and it gives really like simple ways and things that you can do to help with your condition or with fibromyalgia so Yes, I enjoyed reading it. Um, it was probably a little bit too simple for me, yeah. like if that makes sense. Like as a practitioner, it's kind of really not really simple stuff, but just kind of stuff that just brushes the surface and then um, it kind of makes you want to dive further down and be like, okay, well, now I want to fall down the rabbit hole and explore all these other options and things as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I think when it comes to sort of treatments of like pattern differentiation, they sort of briefly Mm. mention it, which is really, really good. But I sort of want more in terms of like deep diving into why you're using specific herbs or specific formulas. Mm. Yeah. This is sort of what you want to see when you're treating these sort of patients. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's really good for people who are looking to uh, seek Chinese medicine as a form of treatment. Definitely Mm. read this book. I think it's a really good go-to book. I think it's less than 200 pages. For the yeah, whole it's really short. It's really, really mm. short. So you can get a quick glimpse at sort of what it's like on how Chinese medicine sees the book and then mm. go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably go into the deep dive now. I think is a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. That being said, so this was the first segment of the episode where we sort of run through what to expect from the book. If you're still interested in getting the book and don't want any spoilers, when we go into the deep dive, it's a good time to hit pause, give it a read before the next segment. 
and we can go from there. So that was the first segment of the episode where we sort of run through what to expect from the book. Uh, now we're sort of going into the deep dive. And to sort of start us off, I was thinking we could go through what organs in Chinese medicine are typically associated when you're looking at fibromyalgia and like what mm. sort of, how does that organ play into affecting patients? So I guess the main four organs are the spleen, liver, heart, and kidney. Um, so I guess we'll start with the spleen. So that's a really, I guess, important function, function important organ in Chinese medicine. So it does all the TT, um, TT, so getting all the nutrients from the food. Um, it's playing our body with energy. But the spleen's also got a connection to our muscles as well. And with fibromyalgia, I guess the mental aspects or emotional aspect is also really important. And the spleen has a connection to thought. So things like overthinking or like over worrying um, is also associated with the spleen. Yeah. I think once the spleen is sort of affected in fibromyalgic patients, <laughs> yeah, people with patients with fibromyalgia, I think that can sort of lead into damaging the heart, causing anxiety, causing depression, that sort of stuff. And that sort of negative feedback loop leads into damaging all the other organs as well. So I think, mm -hmm. Spleen is sort of the, one of the first ones that I hit when looking at fibromyalgia. Um, uh, the spleen doesn't really like dampness as well. So a lot of that heaviness and stiffness, I would normally look at the spleen and treating the spleen, helping the movement mm. of the spleen and chi and blood. Mm. Me for first of all. Um, yeah, I think also one of the first organs to be affected is also the liver because the liver is responsible for that free flow of energy throughout our body and it's particularly susceptible to like worry and stress and if you're in pain that is um that is kind of undiagnosable or there's no like real cause to it it can often cause stress and worry um which affects the liver and then also infects the spleen in that like kind of cycle or loop. Yeah. They're talking sort of about that, like hand in hand sort of relationship. So once the mm. liver's affected, the spleen's affected. And now that the spleen's affected, it's going to go back to the liver and not give as much GM blood. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah everything is interconnected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another important thing to mention, I think about the liver is that it controls the sinews. So all the mm -hmm. tendons and all that sort of movement as well. So the spleen was mm. muscles and the four limbs and the liver side is more like the blood side and the sinews. So mm. they all need to work together as well if you want sort of free movements and easy movements without pain. So mm. yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something I also wanted to mention about pain that we always talk about in Chinese med, which is mm. if there's free flow, there's no pain. And if there's no free, free flow, there is pain. So mm. it's like that chi and blood stag coming from spleen, not being able to produce chi and blood. And then mm. the liver side, which is moving the chi and blood around the body. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a so big part. That's, mm, that's that like 
that saying that you read everywhere that's like chi is the commander of blood and blood is the mother of chi like you need one to move the other and like the other anchors the other and yeah yeah you can't have the car without the petrol right <laughs> i mean you can try <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let's move on to the next organ uh so i think heart is also a very important side i think that's mm. associated with the emotional sort of aspect and the shen mm. of the patient mm. so how they're sort of tackling all this pain um, yeah. patients that typically come in have already looked at taking western medications so they've mm. either seen the gp or tried panadol and stuff which is only offered like temporary mm. either temporary or very limited um, relief mm. from this sort of pain and yeah. that can put a big burden on how people feel and approach their, fibro- their, their condition and then that can mm. affect the shen yeah well so yeah for people that don't know what the shen is um put simply um it kind of refers to the mind and the kind of mental aspects um and the thinking thought processes <laughs> yeah. yeah of how you like think about anything i guess it's like that inner voice when you read something that's like telling you how you feel or oh i'm kind of hungry i could go for lunch right now sort of thing. yeah mm. yeah yeah so in chinese medicine um the heart stores the shen so it's got that connection hmm. and the yeah. heart's associated with joy yeah so <laughs> so when you're not feeling very joyous I, it sort of gives a sort of more um deficient side of the condition mm. and looking at fibromyalgia pressure, rather than like an excessive overjoy sort of yeah symptoms. but one interesting thing that the book mentioned was that joy can be an a- antidote mm. yeah that's the right one <laughs> antidote to the other six emotions so like if you're um frustrated and angry and overthinking or fearful things like that then joy can be kind of the emotion that kind of yeah that's the opposite of that and yeah it can relax you and kind of um harmonize what's going on so yeah it's important to think about like the joyful aspect and you know when you are in pain and when you are um sick or ill yeah exactly I think that's a I think that's such a underrated comment there because you don't see doctors saying oh yes please take your two joy pills today it's more just like (laughs) looking for joy in things that you find Mm. enjoyable or things that spark joy in you, I think is very important that Mm. all patients, especially from a holistic side can do with. Yeah. Mm. So I've kind of started to ask my patients um, who've been in like pain for a while. That's like, Oh, you know, um, I've been to this doctor, that doctor, and I'm busy and stressed and blah, blah, blah. And so I just started to ask them, okay, well, is there something that you do for yourself that, you know, makes you happy and kind of just takes your mind away from things. And most of the time they're just like, Oh no, well, I'm busy with my kids or I'm busy with work. And like, it's not something that even occurs to them to like take some time out for themselves. So I think, yeah, it's important to kind of ask your patients or like ask your friends, family, whoever, you know, um, just to check in as well. Yeah. I, I think that's so, that's so cool of you that you ask your patients that because you can get so caught up in your life that 
you don't even think about doing things that mm. you enjoy it's just like I have to do this I have to do this it's like mm. I haven't wanted to find anything that I want that brings joy to me or that I enjoy doing so I think that's mm. definitely an important part that all humans should have at least time to do yeah. in their life mm. it's really cool all right let's move on to the kidney so the mm-hmm. kidney is important for when you're looking for bones because it controls the bone and the marrow. So mm-hmm. stuff like um, movement of the bone itself and the marrows that are associated. So if let's say you have osteoporosis and fibromyalgia, they're obviously mm-hmm. not going to help each other when it comes to dealing with that sort of pain. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Other than maybe we can talk about um, the kidneys being the sort of root and like the anchor and development and maturation through the human's mm. life cycle. So that's probably why you can see patients with fibromyalgia who are younger is maybe mm. they had congenital conditions and they weren't given that postnatal chi that they needed to supplement that. And that's might've mm. caused a lot of fibromyalgia within their body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the kidneys supporting the kidneys is really important through childhood and development so um, yeah it's really I guess it's a common organ that's imbalanced when you see fibromyalgia in younger people yeah Um, so that's that's pretty much sums up all of the organs and how they sort of play a role within fibromyalgia Mm. and Uh, then the book kind of goes on to talk about common um, fibromyalgia syndromes. But I guess before we dive into that, I want to say that most of the time it's not just one that you see, like it's not just um, one of the one, one syndrome. It's quite often a combination because of the um, nature of fibromyalgia and how it's like chronic and affects the whole body. So often there is multiple organs and multiple areas that are affected. Yeah, there's there's a very famous Chinese medicine saying as well that's one disease, there's different treatments, and for mm-hmm. different diseases you can do the same treatment. Mm. So that all sort of ties in with syndromes, and you can have a listen to our other podcasts if you need some further clarifications. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that being said, let's look at very commonly associated symptoms that you use when looking at fibromyalgia. The first one would be spleen chi deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, ties in with what we said before about how it affects the spleen and not being able to produce enough chi and blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, liver blood, kidney yin deficiency. So that relationship between... Sorry, my dog is just sneezing. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. I did. I was like, let's just go past that one. It's fine. Is he okay? He's okay, but he was rolling outside before, so he's probably just got some, like, dust or something or some allergies. (laughs) Okay, anyways, continue. It's important for dogs to find joy as well in their life, so he's just counteracting possible future fibromyalgia. I'm just, I'm all for it. (laughs) all right right. we'll continue with the syndromes there's um liver blood and kidney yin deficiency 
they sort of play a huge role in sort of supporting each other, like the liver and spleen mm. fall. So liver blood obviously travels around the body, helps nourish the tendons, helps movements and stuff. And kidney yin helps. How would you, how would you sort of say kidney yin and blood, liver blood have a relationship together? Wait, kidney, yin, and liver, blood, their Correct. relationship with each other? Mm-hmm. or Yeah. So blood is part of the yin aspect, I guess. And yin, put simply, is the good fluid in your body. So if you don't have enough yin or blood, um, you're not going to have enough nutrients or nourishment for the muscles, the bones, the um, all the, I guess, physical aspects that you need as well as like um, the blood supports the shen the thinking the mental capacity Um, blood also supports the sleep restful sleep it's like so yeah and then it supports the chi like we were saying before so it's kind of one of those vital substances that you do need in your body yep couldn't have put it that better (laughs) myself (laughs) <laughs> uh, we'll quickly go through the other ones so it's damp heat that can affect the body uh liver depression and cheese stag so that's mm. more of the stress side and blood stasis is mm. the other side of sort of chi and blood relationship those yeah. are sort of the five most commonly seen syndromes when treating fibromyalgia mm. did you want to mention anything else for those sort of syndromes at all um no, I guess the only thing is like there's a whole bunch of other symptoms or things that you can experience when you have any of those syndromes or when your body's out of balance. So I guess I just wanted to mention some other common things or um, symptoms that fibromyalgia patients experience. Um, like we talked a little bit about this before, but like how they experience insomnia and then fatigue um, and also like depression, but also like IBS and like digestive issues as well. So when, cause I, we talked a lot about the pain aspects, but then there's also like the other um, internal internal medicine, internal body aspects that aren't really related with pain, but also quite common um, in fibromyalgia patients. Yeah. So what might be common if you're a practitioner is when you're treating these sort of conditions, you might be able to tackle some of their associated symptoms as well. So for example, if I'm having spleen chi deficiency and not enough chi and blood is going to the muscles, you might also tackle their fatigue that they might be having by nourishing mm. the spleen chi and giving them chi tonics and blood tonics and that sort of stuff. Mm. So I think it's really good for Chinese medicine to treat these sort of conditions in that way. Yeah. Cool. So we'll quickly go into some quick sort of formulas that they mentioned in the book. Mm. Uh, we won't be, we won't have enough time, unfortunately, to sort of deep dive into them. Um, mm. in terms of like the herbs that they use, but we can just quickly mention some of the formulas that they mentioned. Mm-hmm. So there was Dangui Nian Tong Tang. Uh, mm. That's sort of more the blood aspect for it. Xiaofeng San Wan is the wind damp heat. And sometimes they might get some skin conditions with their fibromyalgia. Yeah. Uh, Simiao San Wan, which is damp heat, sort of UTI conditions that they might mm. get as well. Huo Luo Xiao Ying Dan Wan. All right. Sorry, my Chinese pronunciation probably ain't the best, but that's sort of more the blood sort of stasis side. 
-hmm. and Bardzin San Wan uh, are sort of the most common formulas that they would have seen and used. Mm -hmm. That one's for damp heat. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else you wanted to mention for formulas or herbs that she mentioned, uh, he mentioned in the book? No, I think it's okay. I mean, I think you should still consult a Chinese medicine practitioner before taking any um, herbal medicine. Um, yeah, but I mean, if it's just like herbs, a few herbs that you're going to put in your cooking or your food or incorporate into your diet, it's fine. But I think if you're looking for herbal medicine to treat the imbalance in your body, I, I think you should... Um, consult a practitioner before you start taking yeah anything yeah for sure i think especially when it comes to like pattern differentiation mm -hmm. i think a chinese medicine practitioner sort of has more experience that's sort of their job in terms yeah. of like mm -hmm. finding your syndrome and then using finding the formula specific for you yeah yeah so i guess that's the one thing about the book that i kind of don't agree with the like start taking a formula for three months and then see how you go. I think from my point of view, um, I would prefer if you're interested in taking herbal medicine to see, see, like see a professional about it. Yeah, for sure. Like, especially when you might actually get a formula that does the opposite and actually mm. might make your condition worse because for example, they're looking to treat a deficient syndrome. You use a lot yeah. of tonics and things that will boost you. And mm. you don't want that when you're seeing sort of, an excessive patient who has a lot of damp heat in their body and they need to clear yeah. that sort of damp heat, not mm. be given tonics to boost the pathogens in their body. Yeah. But um, that being said, I think the book gives a whole lot of other suggestions that you can do that can help like diet, exercise, um, food related, um, and the relaxation ones, which I think are really helpful. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, all these, all the sort of free treatments that they give for diet, exercise, and relaxation, those three like are highly encouraged from my perspective. No matter mm. what you're doing in life, like yeah. even if I'm suffering from osteoporosis or like IBS, any sort of conditions, I feel like those three are just the lifestyle yeah. thing that you should approach for mm. life. Yeah, I think so as well. Do you want to talk about acupuncture? quickly uh, yes quickly <laughs> so they they did a case study um in the book for hannah mm. they, um, she had chi and yin deficiency with damp heat and liver depression and blood deficiency he used mm. um very sort of tonifying points so stuff like stomach 36 spleen 6 spleen 10 kidney 3 liver 3 liver 8 pc6 heart 7 small intestine three and bladder 62. Mm. So this sort of stuff is mostly just like chi boosting, spleen boosting, kidney. It's sort of like a big shotgun of like all the mm. syndromes. And I think it's a really good sort of combo point yeah. for targeting everything in the body, all the organs that mm. are related at least. Yeah. I think it's good. It's got a lot of like Shen calming ones as well to help that kind of, um, calming the shen side um also a bit of like moving and yeah tonifying as well um but i think also treat asha points as well this is my this is not from the book this is just my adding <laughs> adding my thoughts into it but yeah i think asha as well i mean 
patients coming in with pain or with something or like maybe it's the um, IBS or the insomnia or the mental aspect that's a bit more concerning to them whatever is most concerning be sure to kind of add some into that um, and one thing I also recommend is ear acupuncture oh right yeah why, she why mentioned you re- it in the book as well yeah for shen yeah. calming or for more looking at for where both I think I mean I really like to use ear acupuncture anyways but I think ear seeds um giving them something to take home and kind of like feel feeling like they're being able to take control as well so not just being like um on the receiving end of the treatment that they're actually actively like participating and actively like you know doing something for themselves as well I think um my patients have also found that very helpful oh that's really good that's a Charlene little gem of wisdom (laughs) right there uh I also (laughs) want to mention (laughs) I also want to mention uh in that case study he he doesn't really um look at patients with wind because pain fibromyalgia patient normally has a lot of Mm. moving pain and with sort of this generalized moving pain it's associated Mm. with wind so you might do stuff like gb20 or like uh, some bladder points yeah 31 as well so you could look into that when you're treating moving what of sort of whatever the patient is finding the most uh severe for them i think you can just change it Mm. from a practitioner point of view all right, I think we can start rounding it off from here. Would you use any of the formulas that you learned in this book? Why or why not, Charlene? I think there's there's some formulas that I haven't considered in like before for this, so I'll definitely look into it. Um, so yeah, they might be helpful to my patients. Mm. Yay! What yeah. about you? Um, Yes, I think there's there is a few formulas that I didn't really tie connection to that I saw in the, the book for the elixir elixir pill. <laughs> <laughs> the translations, yes, the translations. Uh, yes, that one in particular. The uh, what was it? Bazeng San. It's a Bazeng San. No, that's no. not the the one that you had trouble pronouncing. The the translation uh, yes. is like elixir pill, right? Uh that one. Oh, I have to. I have to have a quick, quick look at it. Uh, it was hilarious. I think that one was the Huoluo Xiao Ling Dan Wan. That one. It has a great translation from Chinese to translation. I'll find it at the end. Um, but before that, how many Yin Yang logos would you give to Shaolin out of ten? Oh, out of ten. Oh, out of five. Sorry. Four. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's a good book for beginners and people that are new to Chinese medicine. Um, but for kind of practitioners, there's there's really good, um, I guess, free treatments, as you're mentioning, um, but a little bit simple in terms of like acupuncture and herbs for our practitioners. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a 3.5, 3.8 sort of mm. score out of five because it is a bit short and I yeah. think for a practitioner sort of view, it's not bad. It's good if you have a very busy lifestyle, but if you're looking for something that deep dives a bit more, it doesn't mm. have yeah. enough information in my opinion for that sort of stuff. But still mm. a really good read that I think that 
if you're interested into getting into this sort of conditions, you can read this book first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we hope this offers some insight for you into curing fibromyalgia naturally with Chinese medicine. Thank you for listening to Do With Us. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook group for the discussion. Oh, I stole your line again. I just realized. No, that's okay. Go for it. I'm still looking for the formula name translation right now. Ah, so. Okay. Oh, here it is. It, the Chinese, uh, the English translation for that formula is the fantastically effective network vessel quickening elixir pill. Elixir pill. Elixir <laughs> That's pill. all I got from that entire thing that you said. Elixir pill. <laughs> yes. It's, if you know that there's um, adjectives boosting the effectiveness of the pill in the formula, that's when you know you have a good formula. <laughs> all right. All right. As always, thank you. Uh, thank you again for listening to us. And we'll, hear, we'll read with you next time. Bye. Bye.